0: Welcome, friends. Pour your favorite cup of tea, coffee, or cocoa and settle in for Sips from the Sip from the Utica Institute Museum. Sips from the Sip is all about sharing the history of little known people and places in Mississippi. We're serving up truth, justice with a dollop of sap. I'm your host, Jean Green. Today's episode is is the 16th of a multi-part series of readings and discussions from the book Black Man's Burden. Joining me today is Mrs. Magnolia Hampton. Mrs. Hampton is a retired professor of English Literature on the Utica campus. On today's program, we are pleased to have joining us Mrs. Magnolia Hampton. Mrs. Hampton is a legacy employee, former employee of Utica. She was instrumental, I think didn't you work at the high school too, Miss Ms. Hampton? Mm-hmm. She worked at the high school in English, teaching English, and she was a long term instructor at Utica Junior College and then the Utica campus of Hines Community College. Miss Hampton joins us today to talk about chapter eight. I do believe in the black man's burden. Welcome, Ms. Hampton. Thank you. What I wanted us to do today is kind of talk about the chapter, but also relate that to how we can benefit from what Holtzclaw did and how that should resonate with us and our students. But I want you to come to that in your own way with your impressions of chapter eight, and then we'll go from there.
1: Thank you very much, Mrs. Green. Chapter 8 is a very interesting chapter in that it resonates a lot of the times that I experienced when I was here. People appreciating the campus, giving to the campus, and reaching out to the community on campus and at large our community outside the campus. Chapter 8 It's very, very interesting in that it reveals from a historical standpoint what went on in the day of the development of Utica Junior College, later becoming Heinz Community College, Utica. I am elated to share with you the history of this campus from Chapter 8
0: of the black man's burden. Thank you, uh, Miss Hampton. When I read Chapter 8, I noticed that Hostlaw did some what the young folks call shout-outs. He was talking about individual people who had helped him, and some of them were, most of them were northerners, northern whites. He didn't seem to have in this chapter that much local support from his own community.
1: Absolutely, until the community was able to zero in and see that something was going on mm. outside the 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 corporation, mm. the town's corporate area. Mm-hmm. At that time, the citizens of the community of downtown, basically the whites, mm-hmm became very, very supportive and they were very attentive to the point that a young white gentleman wrote an article for the local newspaper saying something was going on and it was very important, important to the point of our needing to give attention to it because it was necessary for people to be educated Mm and from that point on, I think the school had the community's support.
0: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I was also, you know, through reading through the book, too, and looking at how Holtzclaw framed what he was writing. And I was really interested with you, Ms. Hampton, looking at how he wrote about these folks in this chapter for a reason. And I was like, why is he talking about these people? Basically,
1: had it not been for the outside help, Mm -hmm. there was not going to be a Utica Junior College. Uh Even after he had the support, the financial support of some of these people outside the state of Mississippi, outside of Utica, even though they gave small money, Mm -hmm. he struggled Continuously to develop and build this college, mm-hmm. even though at some point he almost gave up. Right. But he remained steadfast until he received, I think, a hundred dollars or some menial dollars yeah, it was menial. here and there. Mm-hmm. And things began to look brighter.
0: Right, right.
1: And I suppose, obviously, according to his writing, his feet were pretty much set in sand
0: that was not quite sinking. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always amazed at how he persevered in spite of all of the obstacles he faced. You know, he had, like I said, his, his local support was sort of tenuous at best. But when he went to talk to these Northerners, they got
1: on board. They did. And it was the best thing that he could have done. Because that was one gentleman, he was... President and owner of a publishing company. Oh, Gein, the yes. Gean Publishing Company in Boston. Mm-hmm. And of course, before the school was completed, Mr. Gean died. Yes, but luckily, he left monies in his will mm-hmm. for the school,
0: the right? Building right. of this institution, and and the family complied with that. Absolutely, it you know. did. Because sometimes we can get these wills and, and the family will contest yeah. spending it in that way. But when F.B. Ginn, I think, was the publisher. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mrs. It, Levitt, excuse yes. me,
1: was very instrumental also. Right. Because I think she introduced him yes. to Mr. Ginn. That's right. She, I, he was, again had
0: been her student, wasn't it? I believe so. Mm-hmm. huh And when she had him come meet Mr. Holtzclaw, then eventually through that, Will, was it, Ginn made the largest individual donation? He had. To the the school. He had. And that's why we had a a building named for him. Absolutely. Ginn Hall. Ginn Hall. And it's featured in in Chapter Mm 8
1: on one of the pages before 1. One thirteen.
0: There's a photo of the of yeah. The, there's of a the portrait building. of it, uh-huh. and, and that's that's a, because that building stayed on campus a long. Do you remember well, my husband was a, a
1: classroom was in Gann Hall. It was standing. Oh. It was one of our major classroom. Oh, wow. Oh yeah.
0: Was it was For, it two
1: story? It, it was, was two, two story.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I had I had talked to some former students who talked about you know, being in Gantt Hall and going up the stairs and all this. But I was really, one of the things that makes me really sad is that we were not able to save more of our original buildings.
1: Well, I remember when Gantt Hall was torn down for the building of the new technology building, oh. it was rather sad. Oh, yeah. There was nothing to save. I mean, that. No efforts were made to save or preserve, preserve or restore anything. anything. anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, anything. That seems to be a theme for us. But moving further into this chapter, when he mentions where the people came from, like you said, Gann was from Boston. Right. Where he met Mary, where Holtzhaw met Mary Clement Levitt. There was Reverend R.C. Bedford from Beloit, Wisconsin. Yet, all of these people who caught the flame that he was kindling and fanned it with their donations and support, the John Slater Fund of New York, I just, when I'm looking at that, I'm like, why did Holmes call write all these folks in here to show? Was it to show how much support he has? Because he mentions other people who supported him in other chapters, but it seems he focused in this chapter on these people absolutely
1: it appears to me that they were most instrumental Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there was there was so much to be done to get the project of building this institution off the ground Mm -hmm. he needed the money right he went where he could get some even though there were times when the matter looked bleak Mm -hmm. he kept pressing on right even his Possession his his money for boarding and eating was so limited. As a matter of fact, it gave out. Yes, it did. And ironically, someone invited him to dinner. Mm-hmm. I can't recall exactly what the what the occasion was, but it was a group of them, mm-hmm. and he was so lucky and he was so happy. And at that point, he needed that meal. Right. That it it was kind of a meal that watered him over. Right. <laughs> and also. He was granted, I suppose. Well, obviously,
0: he was granted promises of support. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, the way he made his connections to me resonates with us too today. We we need to, as an institution and as a group, sort of reach outside of our comfort zone, right. and you know, try to garner supporters. For the work, what I was thinking, since we are
1: a part of HBCUs, Mm. I was thinking maybe we could do something to promote HBCUs with Utica and its history. Being
0: well, thank you for for saying that, Miss Hampton. Guess what? What? There is a first edition of the HVCU encyclopedia that should be coming out within the next few months. Oh, okay. And so there was an invitation. I got an invitation to write the essay for Utica Institute, Utica Junior College. Great. That has been done. We've had our initial meeting in Atlanta to peer review each other's essays. Absolutely. So that That's should be time. coming out. We're trying to keep our connection to the HBCU community through that and through the HBCU Library Alliance, but we are working to make sure that we keep our HBCU connection and that we keep our HBCU designation. Right. We We were able to, and I don't know if y'all have seen it yet. We, this spring during Founders Day, we dedicated the sign, the historic sign. Yeah, I I read that. I remember Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it out
1: there where that bell tower is? Yes, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: we've got that up, and like I said, near there will be the stable exhibit okay. for the farmers' conference. So that's gonna, that's going to be available out there as well. But what we were hoping is that through our discussions of this book and through our recording of the individual chapters that we could reach a larger student audience and inspire our faculty and administration because it seems, it is markedly different than it was in the time that you and Miss Williams were here. It It is, mm-hmm. but we are hopeful that we can get back to a spirit of cooperation and inspiration so we can put, you know, we have students here that don't know why we're here but we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and then i'm going to thank you for taking part in our discussion of chapter eight we may want you to come back and talk about your time at utica so thank thank you miss hampton okay thank you for tuning in for sips from the Sip. join me next time for a reading of chapter nine of william holzclaw's black man's burden this program is supported by donations from our listeners if you enjoy learning about the history of William Holtzclaw, the Utica Institute and Mississippi consider donating to support Sips from the Sip and all the work at the Utica Institute Museum, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Utica Institute until next time this has been Jean Green coming to you from the heart of the sick.